guys. Welcome to, back to another episode of the Three Bagger Podcast. We've been gone for a minute once again, but we're back now. Nick and I have had some expensive, uh, expensive, oh boy, busy schedules. I don't, it's it's late, it's night, 9.30, it's getting past my bedtime, you know. <laughs> um, Nick, you've had a move, I've had a job change, so everything's been a bit hectic, but we're going to get back to it now. So how are you doing, Nick? It's It's been a little bit. It has been, Evan. I know since we last had an official podcast, I've moved. I'm now up here in South San Francisco. I work across the bay. I actually work for a soccer team called the Oakland Roots now. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on with them. So it, it, it's been a lot a lot of changes here, but uh, hey, still been able to catch some baseball. Cool. We're actually recording during the All-Star game going on right now. So trying to watch a little bit of that while we talk and chat and uh, recap the first half of the season. Definitely. I'm also kind of excited because I'm uh, coming out to San Francisco in September. Uh, we can get some more um, three-bagger at the ballpark games out there with uh, the Oakland A's, your uh, your faithful team. I, I wouldn't really call them faithful. We'll, we'll, we'll see how the vote goes next week on July 20th, whether they're staying, but, you know, they're a team. You're still going to like them. The yeah, Raiders yeah, that's true. And you still like them? So that's, you, that's you know, true. It may not be Oakland. It might just be Las Vegas at this point. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That, that's a future episode. All right. All right. All right. So let's get into it. Um, We're going to open with um, Champa Bay. As you guys may know, at this point, Nick and I are pretty big Tampa Bay Lightning fans. Nick, I know your first allegiance to the Sharks, but you've worked for the Lightning for long enough. We lived in Tampa. You you went to a lot of the games. Uh, I'd say you're a bit more than a fair weather fan at this point. May still lie with the Sharks, but you're fully involved in champa bay so congratulations to the tampa bay lightning back-to-back stanley cup champions couldn't be more happy they're a legendary team up there with you know some of the greats if you see a lot of their individual players they're up there in stats with some of the greats like wayne gretzky and mario lemieux um we're going to keep the hockey talk short but nick any thoughts on it yeah the thing about this team i just love to like people came at him like oh 18 mil 18 mil over the cap a bunch of other stuff the thing is they owned it though you look at other teams that like may have allegedly some other stuff, like they kind of like back down or or kind of avoid it. I mean, look at our favorite team, the Astros. Look what they did. They're kind of. I know there's just a lot more aggressive with the, than what the Lightning did because Lightning did was technically legal under the law, but still, like they owned. Like, yeah, we did a team like cap. So what? We we, we still beat we still everybody. beat Canada. We still beat Montreal. We, we we had them win their fake trophy the round earlier. We ate pizza after the post game. Correct up. Kucherov somehow drunk in five, in fifty different bars in Tampa right now. Like. They owned it, which is amazing for me. It's like kind of like the Tom Brady effect. You know, I severely do not like this guy. There are deep roots in why I do not like Tom Brady. His effect is insane. I've I've read different stats, like from the time he was in Michigan, I think the I think the Red Wings won it. The Red Wings won. Then he was in Boston, they all won, and their fans are insufferable. Like all this stuff. And now Tampa, a city that's pretty known for having pretty bad teams except the lighting, somehow start winning everything, you know. The Rays made a World Series, which is cut, which is pretty hard for them, considering their salary cap. The Rowdies made a championship, and like just considering everything that's going kind of right in Tampa Bay, especially after we leave Evan, which is kind of sucks for us. It's like we could have seen three parades, even though considering we left a year earlier. But hey, like good for Tampa Bay. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll keep on winning. We'll try to make it down for a parade here in the future, Evan. Definitely. I mean, they've. Like you said, they've been phenomenal. I saw that graphic you were talking about. It just every city Tom Brady goes to just starts winning. And as soon as he leaves, they're they're terrible. I mean, Boston hasn't won a major sporting True. title or even made it close since Brady left. 
Um, yeah, they're, they're really owning, the Lightning are really owning that narrative too. And the big thing you said, it was legal. The Astros, it wasn't legal. So the Astros should have owned it and been apologetic about it, yeah. but instead flaunted it and yeah. bragged about yeah. it and yeah. did not feel sorry at all. Yeah. So being legal, I love that they took it and ran with it. They have shirts, 18 mil over the cap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kucherov's um, press conference, awesome. Uh, there's a quote there. It's got some swear words in it, so I'm not going to say it on air so we don't have to. We're make. a clean pod. Uh, yeah, this pod, <laughs> explicit. We're definitely not a fully clean pod, but it's it's we've been doing a good job of it. All right, so let's move on from hockey. Congratulations, Champa Bay. Buccaneers taking back-to-back. <laughs> oh, yeah, Champa Bay. All right, so we're going to start with a little uh, half-season recap and a buyer-sellers sort of segment. So, Nick, I'm going to kick it to you to kind of get this off since I know this was mainly your idea. I definitely have some thoughts, but I want to go to you to see what you're going to say first. Yeah, that's when I kind of go down. We'll start league by league. Let's go ahead and start over in the AO, kind of just go over teams we think. Let's start with the sellers first. Teams, if you kind of think, aren't really going anywhere. Kind of looking at the AO right now, kind of just seems looking at the breakdown, especially you kind of have the teams kind of kind of breaking out already. You got Boston, who I, both of us thought they would be all right, but still not in first place. We kind of thought they'd fade, still haven't faded. You got the White Sox. We know they'd be a good team. LaRusso's not holding them back as much as we thought he would, which is hey, good for them. Yeah, I'm surprised. Cheaters uh, uh, are also in first. We'll see how long that lasts. And then uh, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they uh, got the first spot on the wild card. And my A's are at the second wild card spot. And kind of interesting, Mariners, not that bad so far. They're only three and a half out of the A's right now. Welcome spot. Cleveland staying in there. Toronto and your Yankees, a little, little further down there, Evan. And I'd say, yeah, Andy, we're not, we're not going to talk about that. Like we're, gotta, this is an anti-Yankee pod for the rest of the year. I don't want to talk about the Yankees. I don't want to see the Yankees. I don't want to breathe anything that has Yankees in it. Um, after their pathetic showing against the Astros uh, in the ninth inning the other night. Uh, piled on top of the week before when I went to Fenway Park to see them get absolutely obliterated um, by the Red Sox in my Yankee jersey. That was uh, that pretty much turned me off from the team for a bit, and I I took a nice week break of not watching any Yankees baseball at that point. But yeah, their their season's been pathetic. They've underperformed. Aaron Boone is not a good manager. They need I don't know what they need to do, but we just need to not even think about the Yankees and just think about the rest of the wonderful things that are going on in baseball. Yep, exactly. See there, Evan. And it's kind of looking at it. I'm just going to go ahead and eliminate some teams. You, you can tell you can tell me when to stop. Let's just work our way by them. Orioles, gone. Rangers, not doing anything. Royals, I tell you to be bad. They are bad. Minnesota, I know you love the seven because you are not a big, not a big twins guy. They're out. Right. So hold on a second. All right. I don't mind the twins. Yeah. I actually like the Twins because they make the Yankees look like they're the best team in the league. All right. So I did not see it coming from the Twins that they're this far out of the race. Yeah. And it kind of stinks because I would love to get a free playoff round and a free playoff win. I mean, you got to make the playoffs first, though, hey. Yes, Nick, I, I know this. But assuming they make the playoffs, I was assuming the Twins would be there at the top of the AL Central and we would eventually play them, which is an automatic win in advance. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Detroit. Also, there's nothing really there. They got some young pitching, but hey, they're they're out. Right now, I want to get your thoughts on this team, the Anaheim Angels. I mean, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, to be, to be more precise, more formal with their name here. One game over 500, Trout's still out. Can this team, five and a half out of behind the A's, can this team eke its way back in? Do you think they're going to make moves or kind of just stay with that or even think about selling? No, they're, they're 
they're not going to sell. I don't think they're going to, they're going to try to buy, but they're going to discount buy and not do anything major. Yeah. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not a playoff team. They're the angels. They just, they're the best thing to happen to them right now is Shohei Otani. And they need to kind of plan around him and trout for the future, like three or four or five years and just get some pitching. Did you see the weird stat that, or not the stat, but in the draft yesterday, they drafted all pitchers. They didn't draft a single position. I know we're going to get to the draft later, but it's just now that we're talking about the angels, they only drafted pitchers, which is probably a good idea for them at this point. Exactly. It's also a deal like 19 college, which it means like, hey, like we're signing these guys. These guys need to be ready in two, three years because like they realize, hey, like we've had this generational talent in Trout. Now we got the second generational talent in Atani. We got Rendon, who's kind of struggled a little bit. He's not as been as good as he should be. So it's kind of like, okay, what can we do here as kind of it's kind of been wasting the past decade, as basically say every episode. So I, I kind of agree with you here. I don't really see this team going anywhere, especially with the five spots. I think if we went back to the eight, the eight spots we did last year, this team would be right in the thick of it. If you kind of think of it right now, if we went back to the eight spots, uh, Seattle would be a playoff team. New York would actually be tied for that last spot right now. It's kind of interesting looking at the dynamic of how it would change from going back to five versus eight, which I would like to see the eight, but Hey, it's, it's still competitive right now and it should be competitive in the next couple months. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think that, We'll go back to the Yankees for a second, just because I can't fully disregard them. Can't close it um, out. I was hurting. I was hearing. I was hurting. Oh boy. You, you definitely are. I mean, I... yeah, oh, yeah. So I was hearing. I only saw one report, so I don't know how factual it is. But they were saying that the race for Trevor's story looks to be between the Yankees and the Mets. And I know at the beginning of the year, I was very, very, um, I was advocating a lot for Trevor Story to come to the Yankees, which I still would love. Um, ideally, sign him to an extension after the trade. Guy's awesome. We saw him in the home run derby, which we'll get to later as well. Phenomenal player, phenomenal guy. He's going to be one of the biggest trade chips at the deadline. Yeah, but let's go ahead and move on over to the NL now. It's been a little more surprising over here in the NL, kind of the teams we thought would be more dominant haven't been. The Mets kind of finally lived up to the hype so far in a very weird kind of division in the uh, NL East. I know there's been points where basically the Marlins had like the best run differential and like every team had negative run differential, but they had to last. So it's been a very weird division, but the Mets have been holding on. It looks like it's something they could hold on to. Uh, Brewers, I know they're kind of been a little under the radar a little bit, even though they've been a pretty good team, especially with Gale trying bouncing back and their pitching stats have been pretty solid. And hey, how about the Giants, man? The team kind of known it's back it's still in first place. Every fast they'd fade by now, but no, it's solid pitching, especially with with Gosbin and you guys like Crawford and Posey kind of turning back the clock. This team looks like hey, they could they could do really do, do, do some damage here in the postseason, especially we get a positive first round matchup kind of going over the two wild cards spots, kind of the two things we thought would be fighting for the NL West right now with both the Dodgers and the Padres kind of really holding the spots down. Cincinnati's been a little better, still out about three and a half games. And then kind of the rest of it's kind of just kind of average teams kind of rounding out with like the Phillies and kind of the biggest disappointment team. I've been really disappointed in Atlanta, especially after losing Akuna. I know this really hurts you personally, especially because he's on the fantasy team, Evan. Yeah, that one hits home. I mean, he's been the biggest fantasy producer for me in my back-to-back championships. So it's not great to lose him down the stretch, but Hey, I've got a good team. We'll be all right. Um, the San Francisco Giants, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, please, I don't even want to think about that. But if they somehow don't make the playoffs with this roster, 
I will be a San Francisco Giants fan for the playoffs because there's nothing to hate about them. You got to love, like you said, Posey and Crawford turning it back. Um, one of my fan favorites, Mike Talkman, traded to the team too. Sock man. man. We got to love him. So I will be a full-on San Francisco Giants fan, and I will be seeing you close to the postseason and being in the Bay Area. So, you know, maybe I'll pick up some Giants swag while I'm there to rep for the playoffs. All right, sounds good, Evan. Got a odd recording here in the podcast, so we'll, we'll 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 see what we can do here in a couple months for you. So, kind of just going, we'll do the same thing here. We'll go ahead and start limiting teams. We'll talk about the bad teams here because probably one of the most fun bad teams, especially because they've been really fun on Twitter. The oh Diamondbacks, gosh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Wow, what? yeah, they're terrible. It's it's funny too. You just seen they lost to the Dodgers recently, and like the Twitter is, but like don't don't. Like you guys can look up the score. We don't need to post it here. They cost like twenty to one or something. They had the they set the record for most road losses in a row. It's it's been a disaster. So from from that perspective, it's made the Rockies look better, but the Rockies haven't even been good. So hey, so it gets good for the Rockies for not being the worst team. I mean, the Rockies almost have as many wins as the Braves do, and the Cardinals. Yeah, which is wild. Like all the teams, even like the, Pittsburgh's kind of up there. I mean, the, yeah, the Diamondbacks only won twenty six games. games. Yeah, yeah it, they're worse than the Orioles, man. That's difficult. Yeah, it's, it's hard to They're do. They're worse than the Orioles. Yeah, that that's hard to do. Considering I know in our previous that we were talking about what teams could be bad, and we thought, you know, we know Colorado's gonna be bad. We know Pittsburgh's not trying this year because especially you've seen some of the things they've done on defense, and then you see this 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 Diamondbacks team is voted all out for us. Like, hey, hold my beer here, guys. Let me see how bad we can be, and and, and they've shown it. So hey, I mean, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what their plan is. I know they got a couple of prospects coming up, but things look bleak, especially if they have a lot of old money. They got Bumgarner, a couple other bad contracts still on that team. So it, it could be a while before we see Diamondbacks anywhere close to that postseason contention. Yeah, they'll they'll have a fire sale at the deadline. Marte will go. Escobar will go. I don't think they'll be able to move uh, Bumgarner's contract. I'm trying to think of they definitely have a couple other pieces that could possibly be traded. I think they have another pitcher or something. I was going to say Robbie Ray, but he's already gone. Yeah. The fire sell for that team. They are absolutely brutal. Colorado only going to have story to sell off San Diego. I mean, San Diego, San Francisco, and the Dodgers are all in it. Pittsburgh will sell off like Adam Frazier. I'm surprised about the Cardinals, Milwaukee, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Yeah. How do you feel about them? I mean, wow. Exactly. They kind of step in like, hey, guys, like, we know the Cardinals did it. We know they got Arenado. We know the Cubs tried to reload it, even though they're kind of about to have a fire sale. So you look at this team realize, hey, like, we think we can be legitimate. And, I mean, it's just a matter of what can this team do in the postseason? Because obviously they're probably going to have to play the Dodgers or the Padres. Can this team get to the second round? That's going to be the They can question. do a lot, man. Their they pitching do, is killer. They can do a lot. Yeah. So then, I mean, that, if you're looking at a playoff series, you're going to have to face – Corbin Burns, if you go to a seven-game series, you're going to have to face Corbin Burns twice. Yep. You're going to have to face Brandon Woodruff twice. Yeah. And then, you know, you got one of the best bullpens in baseball with, you know, Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Sure. Yep. It's That's a tough series. And their offense is still solid, and they don't need many runs to win. That's how it is with the Mets, too. The Mets have the lowest runs scored, but they also have given up the least amount of runs in their division by a ton. And we obviously all know what's going on with, you know, Jacob DeGrom in that rotation this year. DeGrom, Tijuan Walker, Marcus Stroman are all having career years. Exactly here. Like, especially if you look at the division wise too, it, it seems pretty, pretty easy for the Brewers to drop this division. I know they got the, yeah, just 94 back. That could be a challenge, especially seeing what they do. If they want to, if they want to buy, so they can get a little bit closer. 
I know, but the, the Cubs are going to sell. That's why we're like, everybody could be gone from the Cubs, which kind of, it kind of ends like they're kind of running what they had in 2016. They really couldn't do anything after that. So it's mean to see kind of like all these big pieces from, from like their championship team are going to be sold this year. Yeah. That's going to be a very, very interesting development because like you said, the, I mean, Chris Bryant could go. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo yeah. could go. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks isn't a bad pitcher. He could go. I don't think they would trade Baez. They'd probably keep him. Yeah. And let, I don't. I don't know. It's is he old? I don't think he's that old. Maybe. Yeah. He he might be debatable. He might be the only one that's questionable if he's going to be untouchable or not. But yeah, Rizzo Bryant. Oh yeah, Kimbrel's going to be shipped away. Yeah, like you said, a lot of those guys are just going to be traded. Chris Bryant's going to be the most interesting one because he's yeah. having a good year and he's coming up on a contract year, right? I think. Yep. Is this his last year? Or he might have one more. He might have one more year of control, which would be pretty valuable. It's kind of like a Lindor thing. Some The team that trades for him will be looking to sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah, so that'll be very interesting. So that was kind of our half-season recap, unless you have anything else, Nick, that you want to mention. No, I think that's good. Just a matter of we will have some pretty close races going down the stretch here, uh, especially in the wild card. I know a couple of divisions kind of seem like they're a little wrapped up, but and at West is going to be intriguing with those three teams. The AO wild card, especially for those second spots, if anyone can catch the A's. So it, there's going to be some really cool battles going down the stretch to see what team is during the next two weeks and really got to start buying. Yeah, definitely. The trade deadline is July 31st. Oh, yeah, we're coming up on it. Yeah, a couple weeks away. Oh, here, wow. So stuff's going to start to happen. Stuff's, is there anybody in particular that you want the A's to try to get or you think they're going to stamp at? Uh, story would be cool. It's a matter of what they give up for story. Uh, I, so my debating right now is – Considering Fuele Lazoriano's kind of pitched over the past year, is he worth giving up? I'm, I still don't think he's a lot of development. I'm going to give up Puck. I, I don't think there's much there. A couple other guys they, they do have available that for a trade. I think he'd be good. Another guy I like, I don't know if they do it in division, but Kyle Gibson on a Rangers team that's not going anywhere, I think could be a good piece to pick up. A couple other pitchers down the line, I think. Rich, Richard Rodriguez from, from the Pirates is a nice bullpen option. Any team we would happen to have him team that's looking to sell so there are a couple options here for for teams i want to buy especially relief pitching that are available yeah definitely you mentioned the rangers they actually have a couple guys that are going to be valuable at the trade deadline i mean i know they're a bad team and they're in last place but like you said gibson career year at least for the year he's going to be phenomenal joey gallo another one who could provide big impact i'm not too high on joey gallo he's a great power hitter He's a decent defender. He's a good personality to have in the clubhouse, but he's very boomer bust in my opinion. And strikes out a lot. Yeah, he strikes out a ton if he's not on a hot streak. He's he's good for the right lineup, like the Yankees right now. The Yankees would not benefit from having him. They have too many strikeout or home run guys. And if you throw him in there, it's just going to be the same old stuff where they'll go off for 15 runs in a game, but then they'll score, you know, one run the next six. So, but he'll he'll be valuable to the right team. And then I don't know if they would even consider it, but Adolis Garcia has had a pretty big breakout year too. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's already pretty old. He's a pretty old rookie. So I wonder if the Rangers would kind of, I know he's not going to fit their rebuild mold. So maybe they capitalize on his value because it's probably the highest it's going to be in his career at this point. Exactly. Ian Kennedy, another target out here. He's had a pretty good year after yep. signing a pretty base contract. So it's interesting to see, like, I think the Rangers had like three all-stars despite being last late, which is wild to me, but Hey, good for them. But yeah, they're a good team that's going to be selling at here. So kind of, 
wraps us up here, Evan. Let's go on and uh, talk about some home run derby action. Yeah, sounds great. I know we kind of watched the home run derby together last night. We had yeah. some uh, NHL hockey action on PS4 going. Yep. We kind of had the home run derby on in the background paying attention. I completely forgot that Trey Mancini was in the home run derby. But as soon as he came on as the first hitter, I was like, yes, like this, yeah. uh, this guy's got to win. This guy has to win. Yeah, but I, I know it's pretty pretty sad. He beat my guy Matt Olson by one home run, but dude, dude came out to play. You could tell right away, like, oh, this dude's hitting bombs. He's gonna set up a big number. Twenty four in the first round is still pretty good. So as you're fixing this new format they do now, they've done the past couple of years. It kind of you get to hit for a couple of minutes. It's been a lot producing a lot more runs than what they used to do, which kind of was a ten outs, a little more faster. Guys get bonuses, so it's been pretty interesting to watch the change in format. Kind of want to get your take on this Evan, before we kind of break down kind of what happened here. Kind of what's your view on the format? I know they kind of do a bracket now before they used to kind of do the best four advanced. Are you in favor of the bracket or are you in favor of kind of going the best four? Yeah. So real quick, it, Mancini actually started pretty slow in his round. He did, yeah. Two homers in the first minute or something. So he didn't start yeah. that fast, but it was evident after, you know, he went on that run that he was going to, yeah. you know, go off. Um, as far as the format, I mean, I definitely like it. I, th- I know you were saying earlier, you'll probably say it after yeah. I'm done, but you were talking about like a different sort of bracket format. I'll leave that to you. I'm fine with how they do it. I just think that um, ESPN needs to do a better job at presenting the home run derby. I know we were talking about it yesterday. The camera angles were yeah. just weird. Yeah, and I know. I saw it a lot over Twitter too. You know, we want to see the home runs. We want to see the distance, the excitement. And I feel like the camera angles on ESPN, they were showing like half of that. And the other half was just, you know, a screen up with something way too small with the launch angle and the exit velocity. And it's like, it's the home run derby. I don't care about the launch angle and the exit velocity. I want to see, you know, the balls hitting the moon. And I want to hear the the commentators be excited about what's happening. I feel like they were at like an art gallery or something. Yeah, exactly. It's a little different, you know, from the past, like growing up here in Chris Berman, go back, 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 gone. Yeah, it's a. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, oh that guy's awesome. Yeah, it, a, a little different pace there. A couple of things. It's a little weird watching considering all the different camera angles they were trying to do, especially with like they have, on one side of the street, they had the guy pitching, on the other side, they were trying to track the ball, but they really struggled tracking the ball. I know in the past, they showed the distance, they even showed the distance, but yeah. It was a little different. I mean, most of the time, to be honest, I watched it muted, so I wasn't even really listening to the broadcast. But still, it was, it was still still fun seeing the home run. Still, it's still like one of the best kind of like ancillary like competitions before before kind of the main one. I know I know NHL just feels like a great skills competition, but I think it's right up there. The home run derbies. So kind of going to the format I was talking about. You can talk get your thoughts on here. Basically, what I was thinking is doing because you get four AL, four NL guys, kind of do like a mini bracket almost, kind of. The four AL guys going against each other, the four NL guys going against each other, the two best from, from advanced, and then you get an AL kind of semifinal, an NL semifinal, and that way you're getting the best AL versus NL. I think it'd be pretty cool, and that way you don't screw guys over. Like, like Salvador Press, dude hit 28 home runs, kind of like the third most in that round, but doesn't get his advantage because he went against the polar bear, Mr. Pistol, Pete Alonzo, because the dude, the dude was on a mission last night. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like I said, I really don't mind the bracket how it is now, but I think yeah. it would it'd definitely be more fair and yeah. see why there'd be a problem with that type of bracket. I mean, instead of getting the matchups between, you know, the two individual guys, it would just be the same thing. They all go. And then the two, like you said, the two greatest, 
go and face each other. It would still have to come down to like a swing off of people tied yeah, yep. and everything like that. So I think that's a great idea. I think you should tweet it out and at MLB at it or at Rob Manfred, even though he's a clown and doesn't <laughs> take any suggestions. I think we got to get the Rob Manfred. Are you serious? Rob Manfred. Yeah. Are you serious? Perfect. Yeah, that, that's exactly how it should be. Um, so let's get into kind of the matchups here. Mancini versus Olsen. You talked about that one a little bit already. You know, Mancini went off. Olsen, I think, missed tying it by like an inch. Yeah. I think he missed the right field wall by an inch, which stinks because it would have been fun to see a swing off there. Matt Olsen's definitely a great hitter, great power hitter. Um, a lot of excitement decided by a home run. Next matchup, Story versus Gallo. I was very disappointed in Gallo. Yeah, I agree with that. He was planning. I mean, I, w- I was expecting fireworks from that guy. And he just kind of came up and kind of lollygagged through it and didn't hit too many homers and didn't hit too many far. Yeah, it's not funny. I saw something on Twitter, like, oh, someone tweeted, like, oh, it's surprised the kids aren't shifting Gallo. He's like, because he always homers <laughs> one side. But not still, like, yes. Ga- like Gallo's like, that's just one thing. It's like, oh, the dude hits home runs and only hit, like, 19. Like, that's definitely disappointing. I mean, I mean, story was, like, his home ballpark, but, like, the Gallo's little was definitely disappointing. So, I mean... Going on to the next match up here, we kind of talked a little bit like Pete Alonso versus Salvador Perez. Like Perez, like I wasn't expecting much. Like dude's a catcher, but Not hey, like dude hit twenty home runs. Like good for him, man. But like Alonso was like locked in. Like I am not losing this competition. I am going to hit thirty five home runs in the first round, which is wild, incredible. Yeah, I, I think I remember. So we watched Alonso's uh, at bats, and he had thirty five. And I was like, who's up next? Sal Perez and you and me were both just kind of like, oh yeah, this guy's not even going to like touch Alonzo's 35. And then he ended up getting, you know, the the second most in one sitting compared to every other uh, contestant. So that was definitely a big surprise. Didn't think Sal Perez was going to have that much more success, but I feel like Salvador Perez is a very underrated player in general. And every time he comes up into something, somebody's like, oh, he's not going to do it, but he always ends up, you know, pulling it out and doing really well. So next matchup, Soto and Otani was entertaining. I was surprised. I don't know. I, f- I felt like Otani was going to kind of run away with it. But if when you think of Soto, you don't think of like this guy's a pure home run hitter. I think of him more as he can still hit 30 or 40 home runs, but he's also going to hit like 330 and, you know, slap balls the other way and hit for contact and swipe some bags. I mean, he's a very good all around player, but I guess he's showing, too, that he's got a lot of untapped power potential being, you know, 22 years old. Definitely. There's definitely a lot of drama this one too, considering that they go to like a swing off, but then they had to go to like hitting three. And like at the end, you could definitely see like, uh, and it doesn't even during Otani's round. It definitely took him like a minute or so to get into it before he started hitting bombs. That's definitely when it got down to like, okay, just three swings. It favored Juan Soto a lot. I mean, he hit three for three. So like he definitely deserved this, but you could definitely tell like Otani, like he wasn't even going to get it on his first swing. Cause he could tell, when he was doing like his, his swings during, he was really behind, but then he got the bonus and then he caught up. He like, he'd be like eight home runs, like in a minute. So he was catching up there, but it was still pretty cool. Impressive. See kind of this guy who's a great pitcher, also a great hitter. He's, he's, he's leading. He let out the all-star game, which was pretty cool. So, I mean, there, there's pitching the first inning and pitching the first inning. So like, there's like, can't really complain about what Otani did. So. No, Good yeah, friend. I mean, he didn't win, but he definitely was entertaining, and that was the matchup everyone wanted to see, Soto Otani. Yeah. They made it entertaining. 
I mean, we both kind of knew after watching the at-bats, though, that either yeah. one was just going to go on to lose to Pete Alonso. Oh, exactly. It was evident after the first round that Pete Alonso was not messing around, and yeah. he was going to take the second straight title there. Yeah. So that brings us to the second round. Mancini uh, beat Story. Story went first, I believe, and was just yeah. kind of very underwhelming that round. And Mancini made it pretty close, but he ended up just you know, hitting the walk off needed only one more than him. So, yeah. and then also the same thing with Alonzo. We, like we, yeah. I said, we kind of knew that Alonzo was going to come beat whoever won the Otani. I either thought that Alonzo and Otani were going to go at it and Otani was going to make yeah. it really interesting or, you know, he was going to beat Soto. Exactly. Yeah. You could just tell from the very beginning that like Alonzo, he was, he was, he knew like, okay, this is my competition. I'm going to go win it. So kind of brings us to the final now, kind of, we saw Trey out there like, oh, this would be really cool. Trey can go win it. And then at the end, you're like, oh, like he had a pretty good lead out there. And I was like, oh, can you do it? But then you saw like Alonzo catch like, oh, no, it's over. It's over. Yeah. He, he's, he's coming for it. He just ended up. Definitely. I, I saw a bunch of things on Twitter, too. And it was like Pete Alonzo's out there just absolutely vibing. Yeah. And for listeners that don't know, Trey Mancini came back from a very severe form of was it? Colon? I think it was colon cancer. So, I mean, just an incredible story for Trey Mancini. Props to that guy. He's on the Orioles. He's on a division rival. I hate the Orioles, but, I mean, health and well-being come before baseball. For, in, I wouldn't wish that stuff on Red Sox players, obviously. Nothing like that. So, awesome, encouraging story that Mancini was able to even come out and compete in this at this point in the year because I think this time last year he was undergoing chemo and everything. So great story, but yeah, I saw the tweets that were like Alonzo's out there vibing, then he beat, you know, Mancini who's coming back from cancer. That would have been just a great story. But yeah. nonetheless, Alonzo, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You're not going to – it would it would be more of a dishonor to Mancini if he came out there and, you know, didn't try. Exactly. It's funny. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Dad, but it was kind of like – so the winner of the Home Run Derby gets paid a million dollars, right, Evan? So, oh, yeah, I did see that. Yep. No. So Pete Alonso careering just over like 1.5 million since he's won since he's won this competition twice has what basically he's got two million dollars so he's made more money on two days than he has like his entire contract in two years which is wild yeah that's that's absolutely crazy I didn't even think about that yeah yeah I did see the tweet that was like Alonso will make you know some mm-hmm. this amount of money this year he made more from winning the home run derby tonight that's yeah that's baseball for you you, you get the lowest wages possible but if you know if you break in and are valuable to a team you're going to get rewarded for it exactly absolutely crazy all right so uh, do you have any final thoughts on the home run derby or are we good to move on to the draft i got one thing we'll go ahead and do a little trivia here or test out your knowledge here evan so since this is pete alonzo's second can you name me the other home run derby winners who have won multiple home run derbies here evan? oh shoot they were saying this during the broadcast yesterday who are the other people that have won two? Harper hasn't won two, has he? There are three names I'm looking for here, Evan. There are three. Harper is not one of them. Is Robinson Cano one of them? Robbie Cano is only won one. No. Are they recent? Two are relatively recent. One is way back. I'm not going to get the one from way back. Oh, wait. Is it Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. It is Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Griffey's won three. That's why they're all wearing 44 last night. Okay. All right. So Ken Griffey Jr., that was that's kind of an obvious one. They were even talking about him yesterday. Yeah. So the other were recent. How how recent? I'd say if I now do math, like like still like six seven years ago. One of them happens to be one of my favorite players. I'll give you that, Evan. One of your favorite players. 
So it's got to be an Oakland A or a San Francisco Giant. Oh, boy. I'm trying to think of home run derbies from six, seven years ago. I don't. Is Josh Hamilton one of them? No, he competed but did not win. I'll go and give you I'll give you the All-Star game, see if that helps. Uh, this person won both in City Field and Target Field. City and Target. Huh. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to get it. All right. Uh, the, that one was you won a Cespedes. Huh. You won two home run derbies? He, he, won, he won back-to-back in 2013 and 2014, then got himself traded by BAs and hasn't really not been the same since. So. Wow. I must have not really paid attention to the All-Star stuff back then. Dang. I had no clue. Yeah, I wouldn't guess that. And the other one, a little further back, uh, played for a bunch of teams, a little larger guy. If you want to take a guess here, Evan, or I can tell you. It's Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder won twice. He won, he won 2009 and then won again in 2012. Prince Fielder. Very nice. He played for Texas. He played for Milwaukee. Did he play for any more teams? Or He played for a couple more. Let's see. Let's see. Let's, let's pull up the old-fashioned wiki here. Yeah, he only played for three. He played for, played for the Brewers, played for the Tigers, played for the Rangers. Six Tigers. Times That's yep. what it was. Yeah. Big guy. Big Prince guy. Fielder. What a guy. All right. Well, I always love your random trivia, Nick. That's awesome touch to these podcasts and i love testing my knowledge like that so very much appreciated all right let's go to the next segment we're going to talk about the mlb draft nick i don't have too much on this i know that there's one glaring uh thing that you have so i'm going to give it to you to start and let's get going with the oakland a's and their draft pick yeah so it's kind of funny. So I actually saw this one going through mock drafts. I saw like mock draft to like Max Muncy. I'm like, did they already draft that guy? There's, there's a guy like I named like, Max Muncy. So I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I see, then I get like the Twitter notification, like A's draft Max Muncy. And I immediately like, what? So I immediately just go out, tweet a meme. Just blow up on Twitter a little bit. But hey, that, 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 that was a fun day getting 200 plus likes for the first time. So that's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. Because the crazy part about this is like, okay, I'd be getting like, Max Muncy still a little bit like if it's John Smith, I guess pretty popular name. The fact that they are born on the same day, like that's that's a little multiverse stuff. Like I actually believe like there are different like multiverses. Marvel may be right. Like has a guy with the same name born on the same day. I know it's like pretty far apart, like ten plus years get drafted by the same teams. Now if they trade this back bunch of the Dodgers, that could be fate. I think Billy Bean was setting something up when he drafted Max Muncy back then. I, he, he definitely saw into the future and was like, there's going to be another Max Muncy who was born on the same day as this Max Muncy. And he, we're just going to make him amazing and trade him to the Dodgers. So I think in the future, what is it? 20, like 28, this yeah. Max Muncy will be a Dodger. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I definitely think that's going to happen. No, so it's crazy. And we already talked about the Los Angeles angels. They drafted those 20 pitchers. 19 of them from, were from college, like you said. I honestly didn't even um, see that you put that on the agenda uh, when I was talking about it. I just kind of said it because I thought of it. <laughs> it's wild, right? Well, well, yeah. well, what, what is Stam's organization doing? Like, can you talk to your boy? To oh, yeah. We might have to, yeah, we might have to get a former podcast host, Ryan Stamsky, on here to, <laughs> to talk about some of the stuff he's been doing with the Angels. I, he, he's been, I've been talking to him a lot lately. He's been doing some interesting stuff. He's you know, video capturing a bunch of their minor league guys. He goes to every single minor league game. Um, he actually might have be someone to, you know, come on and have a nice guest appearance. And I, we probably wouldn't interview him fully, but it, you know, just have him come on and talk about what he does. That that'd be a good touch. So 
uh, maybe in the future, next couple episodes, we'll get him on here. Uh, but yeah, he's got a lot of work to do with all the guys they drafted. So my biggest surprise from the draft, Kumar Rocker. So we can say all we want about the top guys like Jack Leiter, great pick by the Rangers. That's a no brainer. Pittsburgh. I was surprised they took that catcher. I would have gone for Jack Leiter number one, but whatever. I mean, it sounds like the guy's pretty good and it was a solid pick anyway, kind of similar to Adley Rushman. The Red Sox got that Marcelo Mayer who was, you know, maybe considered one of the top players. Um, Yeah. Mayer to the Red Sox. That was probably a pretty decent pick, but I think uh, it went a little bit uh, sideways compared to what people thought. Um, I know I'm a, I was a big proponent of Kumar Rocker. The guy's a yeah. stud. Him and Leiter killed it at Vanderbilt. And I was just very surprised that he slid so much down to 10 where the Mets could get him. I mean, look at all. I think all these teams are like the Royals. And there were a couple of teams that had picks, you know, close to there that just picked other guys who were, we don't even know who they are. They're exactly. going to look back and be like, how did we pass up on Kumar Rocker? Exactly. It could be like a whole Mike Jazz situation. It's kind of like, because we've heard this name for a couple of years now. Obviously, we both play outright baseball, so we know about all kind of the best guys that come through. We see the Sims, so there's definitely a guy, especially for the Mets, they already have a solid pitching stash. I mean, it's going to be at least, you know, four or five years if he's on the right track before he's up there, but hey. I think it's going to be that long. I don't think it's going to be four or five years. I mean, he's a college pitcher. I Maybe I could see it maybe being maximum four, four but five. I mean, yeah. him and lighter, I think – give them two or three years, like four maximum, I'd say more like two ish, two and a half. I'd say they're ready after that. I mean, they're, they're not high school arms. They're, they're top, you know, prep college pitchers. I mean, I know the major leagues is a pretty big step up from college baseball, but those guys got some awesome raw stuff. They're both already, you know, somewhat older. So, I I mean, I think they definitely got a decent shot at making it in, you know, a timely manner. Yeah, exactly. I know. Uh, yeah, I think like it was either like only like a year or two later after Casey Myers got drafted, he was he was up with the Tigers. So definitely, definitely the top bar. Could definitely considering Myers was drafted in 2018, 2020, mid 2020, got called up the Tigers. So yeah, if these guys can show they're in the minor leagues, like there's no question they could be ready to go. Definitely. Um, last couple notes here for the draft. Uh, Dusty Baker, who I have some thoughts on after we talk about this. His son Darren Baker was drafted, which is absolutely wild dusty's getting uh, pretty old and up there but nonetheless yeah, yeah. Well, one quick note on that one so it, it's a little before our time it's funny it's actually i think it was like the nlcs of like either 2002 2001 like his son actually like went on the field he was like a toddler and like jt snow had to grab him before he got like nailed at the plate from like a ball coming in so it's kind of interesting like <laughs> this, this this little kid that like everybody kind of remembers his memories finally like grew up and got drafted by the nationals it's like former one of Dusty's like former teams. Yeah, Dusty's main teams too. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. It, it's the same thing with the All Star game this year too. They're yeah, putting yeah. the pictures of Guerrero yeah. out with his dad and everything. This little toddler yeah. guy. And now he's yeah. blasting moonshots at the All Star game. Exactly. It's awesome. Go on yeah, your so, go on your uh, on your Dusty reign here, Evan. I'll, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, Dusty Baker. I mean, we've all full well know what's happened with the Houston Astros, and the guy continues to sit there and be like. Oh, it's wrong for you guys to make fun of these guys. Dusty, get out of here. You know what you signed up for. Yeah, get out of there with that crap. You know who you signed with. You know what team you signed with. You knew the situation you were coming into. The league and everyone has full right to go and bash this team. We've said it a million times. They were they didn't show any remorse. They know they cheated, and everyone knew they were gonna get booed and ridiculed. 
that's what you signed up for. So you for you to come out here and say that everybody should just forget about it. I mean, Dusty, maybe we'll forget about it if you guys vacate the title and give the rings back. I'd, I'd consider forgetting about it if that happened. I mean, I'd still be like, you know, you guys are cheaters and I still don't really like you. But if you owned up and said, yeah, we did something wrong, you know, we're going to vacate the title because we didn't earn it fair and square. I would be like, all right, maybe I'll forgive you a little bit. Or Honestly, I might even forgive them if they said like, hey, yeah, we're not good people. We, we did this. We shouldn't have. We're sorry. But they still haven't even done that. So Dusty Baker, get a grip, man. You signed up for this team. You knew what you were getting into. Shut up and take the criticism because you deserve it full well. Maybe not you personally, but your players deserve it. I love, absolutely love the fact that the Astros players didn't go to the All-Star game this year because yeah. they didn't want to get booed. That, that's exactly what I want. Absolutely amazing. They yeah. knew nobody likes them. Even the players at that game don't like them. Yeah, they didn't want to go in and get booed, interact yeah. with any of the players, get booed by the fans. Yeah, yeah. They knew just to stay out because nobody likes them. That that's when you know you did something wrong, and the hate isn't you know just a rivalry. That's that's when hate rivalry, hate and actual hate separate themselves. I hate the Red Sox, but it's a rivalry hate. If it's you know anything real world, I'm gonna understand. The Astros. They can go screw themselves. Stay so, away. Stay out. We don't want you here. All right. All right. Well, 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 well said there, Barry Evan. We'll go ahead and kind of get to our last kind of drafting. Want to highlight? Want to highlight one of our own here? Jordan Leisure for the University of Tampa got drafted in the 14th round by a team I don't like, the Dodgers. But hey, that's another Tampa guy drafted. So congrats to our alma mater and uh, get another guy drafted out here. Going to say we need a round of applause. <laughs> Yeah, I'll Jordan Leisure, congratulations. University of Tampa. Got to love on the alums. Keep them coming. Pump them out. Best Division II school in baseball. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read a stat real quick. Pretty good year out here. 17 appearances, 4-1, 6 save, 0.94 year array. So he, he definitely has some stuff out there. So we'll, 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 we'll look speaking to Jordan. Hopefully he can uh, make some noise in the minors here. Oh, yeah. Go Spartans. Go Spartans, baby. Let's go. All right, so that's all we got for our episode today. Nick, if you have any other thoughts or anything you want to add on before you take us out. No, I've been at uh, real good. I'm looking forward kind of down the line here. We're in a couple episodes. We're going to do kind of an Olympic special come up here, talk a little international baseball in our next episode here in the coming weeks. We got the Tokyo Olympics just around the corner. Kind of to wrap it up here, uh, we have our online store, Redbubble. Get your three-bagger gear there and also – your tip, your Ebor City electric chicken gear, a little, little side piece me and Evan, the little fun team you created. Got some really cool logos on there. You can go ahead and check them out. And it's, it's, all, it's, it's actually serious though. Like Ebor City should uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah got it. Team and uh, yeah. maybe make a minor league baseball team or something. And we have shirts on there too. The shirts are cool. Shirts are cool. Fun. Yeah, go ahead and go check them out. Shirts. Go check them out. Link will be link will be in description of this podcast. So you already know, just go ahead and follow us on Twitter Instagram at three bagger pod, get the update from the team over here. And as always, if you can't imitate them, don't copy them. Thanks for listening guys.